0: Thanks for tuning in to your Day Off Podcast, hosted by your boys Corey and Tony. I think by the end of today, I might have another best friend. They're committed to making you fall in love with the hair industry, one podcast at a time. Uh, you're going to grab a lot of information. Yeah, they are going to learn a lot. Presented by Hair Industry and powered by Schedulicity. Without further ado, should we do, ladies and gentlemen, this is it. Your Day Off Podcast will begin after a word from our sponsors.
1: Introducing Norm self-checkout for all! Do you often find yourself in a tizzy with a credit card reader? Or perhaps tiptoeing around tipping etiquette? Maybe even paying scandalously steep card-not-present fees? Norm is here to solve it all! Think of Norm as payment simplified. No card reader for you, no wallet for your client. Instead, patrons pay and tip you straight from their phones! Checkout details are carried through the ether by either a text message or QR code. Your client receives a notification and pays with their previously saved card details. All they have to do is add a grand, luxurious gratuity. And all available with one low rate as a part of Schedulicity Pay. Try Norm Self Checkout for All. Safe, secure, and shockingly simple. Find out how using Norm can increase tips, speed up payment, and free you from unreliable card readers all at one low rate. Visit paywithnorm.com.
0: Hello everyone. My name is Jerry Natuno, and this amazing podcast
2: is brought to you by Schedulicity.
0: Hey, hey! Welcome to your day off. My name is Corey. Of course, I'm sitting with my best boy Tony. What's up, man? What's up, man? How you doing, brother? I'm doing really, really good. I, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm looking forward. I kind of feel like we're, uh, we're, we're getting to the other side of this, of this 2020 COVID thing. Oh my you goodness, know? dude! We're going to travel. I, that's, yeah. I'm so excited. Uh, we're, we're putting a lot in
2: in a couple of months, but dude, I am, I, I missed it. I'm excited. I'm looking to, forward to seeing all my friends and hopefully today's guest can, our last event of the year. Uh, hopefully, uh, our guests can meet us down in L.A. In L.A.?
0: We're going to L.A. We're going to L.A. in, in November. Um, yeah, I mean, you were saying we're going to travel a lot, and, and we're doing most of our traveling from the first weekend of September until, like, mid-November, and we've got a bunch of dates there. So I'm not really sure if either one of us are going to be married at Thanksgiving, but as of right now, you know, we're married, and and, and hopefully they'll be understanding that... Uh, that well, I mean, come on, it's... Too- it's, it's like my wife's here. It's we have two years of travel and we got two months to do it, man. Oh, yeah. And I, hey, we're gonna do it too. We're I'm ready. It. Exactly. Hey, so um, to be completely honest, um, our, our guest today um is in is is a part of the trans community, and he is um. We had a conversation a couple of years ago about about what his struggles were, not just as a stylist, but also as a client. So we want to kind of get into that conversation a little bit. You know, this is a conversation that that that, that I'm kind of excited to have, man. I don't really know where the conversation's gonna go um, but uh but 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 I'm kind of excited to have it. Um, a little nervous to have it, you know, but also excited to have it.
2: Yeah, I, I think you know that's one thing I love about our podcast is that we don't care who you are. We don't care where you're from or what you're doing. Our podcast is about our industry, and our industry is full of what would we say misfits, and, and that's a that's what Robert Chromians, right? Yeah, like, you yeah, a band of misfits, misfits. Exactly. and but yet, you know, but we're all a band of brothers, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And so I, I'm just totally, you know, grateful to have a platform where people can uh, be themselves and uh, you know find
0: out a little bit deeper about who they are. Yeah, and and, and 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 to better enrich the industry as well. Amen. You know, like, like better. We, we are all in this. And what makes us such a rich um, uh, community is because, you know, everybody has. We're their own all story. human
2: beings. We Correct. all, you know,
0: we all make mistakes. We all struggle. We all, you know what I mean?
2: And by being you and being real and authentic, uh, you know,
0: it just, you know. It, it's who we are. It's what we That's do. Who we are. So, uh, so today our, our, our guest is uh, Jules Heron and Jules. We it, it, to be completely honest, we've met a couple times at hair shows, um, and you know we just we just had conversation. I don't know. It wasn't it wasn't anything more than just that. We um we uh we, we sat around Actually, we, we did have lunch. We did have lunch one time. So at the Presley Poe event two years ago, uh, Jules came all the way from Portland, Oregon, all the way to D.C. area um, um, for the show, and then afterwards we uh, we had lunch. With with Jules and Press and and, and, uh, and a few others in, in our group, but um, but uh, but yeah. So you know, during that lunch, we kind of learned about his story a little bit, and and today we're kind of like really dive in, and we don't know much about the story, but we're gonna kind of dive into it. And I'm pretty excited about that. Mm-hmm. Let's do it, brother. Shall we do it? So Jules, welcome to your day off.
3: Thank you. Thanks for having me, you guys.
0: Uh, for real, thank you. I mean, again, you know, it's a. It, it, the trans conversation in the trans community is such a part of our industry and and i don't hear much communication much talking about it or people really really talking about it openly so so i'm, I'm just glad that um that, that you gave us the opportunity to uh to, to talk to talk to talk this through
3: yeah you know and like meeting you guys at the hair shows like it was super cool and at the time i was only like a year into the industry, like not even, you know, like a couple months shy of being into the industry. Like I worked in the grocery business for 12 and a half years. And, um, like I finally felt comfortable with myself after top surgery to, to do what I loved, you know, and getting frustrated with getting my hair done so much in my twenties, I just started cutting my own hair. And so seeing you guys at the hair shows and being so excited about the industry, but then at the same time, not feeling represented. So it's like, I'm super stoked about this industry and I want to learn so much about it. But at the same time, it's like something's missing. And so it's like kind of conflicted feelings there. But
2: yeah. You know. So before we get into all that, where did you grow up? Where are you from?
3: Um, so I grew up in Northern California until I was 13 in this super small town. Um, and then my parents moved my family up here when I was 13. And so I've been in Portland for almost 20 years now.
2: Portland, Oregon. Yeah. 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 Is anybody in your, in your family, a hairdresser at all? No,
3: <laughs> definitely <laughs> not. My dad's, my dad's a pastor and my mom and my brother both, both work at Whole Foods.
0: Oh, cool. Cool. Did yeah. you, Whole Foods. Is that the grocery that you worked at?
3: Uh, no, I actually worked at a competitive, a competing store. I worked at new seasons, which is like kind of the whole foods of, uh, Portland.
0: Oh, you're in trouble. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, That's awesome. So what, what drove you kind of t- into the industry or, or, or how'd you find the industry or, or why the industry?
3: Um, I mean, I was going to get my hair cut all the time like you do and um I always felt like I never felt seen and I mean I was born female and I transitioned into male um and I didn't know Was this
2: before the hair before you you found hair or is it after you found hair
3: So I had top surgery when I was 28 um and that was the year I went to beauty school. So I had top surgery, April 17th, 2017. And I didn't know how uncomfortable I felt until I had top surgery. Like I knew something wasn't right. And I didn't have the confidence to be my true self. Cause I just knew that I was so incredibly self-conscious and just like not feeling like I was a part of society, I guess. Mm -hmm. Like I felt like I had a blanket over my face the whole time and just like trying to blindly navigate myself through the world. So like I was a heavy drinker for a really long time. Like I was drinking like a six pack a night and smoking cigarettes and not really being a full person. Um, And then when I had top surgery, it was kind of like that blanket was taken off and I was like seeing my friends for who they were. And I cut some of out of my life because I was like, this isn't serving me anymore. And just like, it was crazy. Like it happened so fast. I had top surgery and I was like, all
2: right, well, now I am I know what to do. But leading up to the top surgery. Yeah. I mean, at what point or at what age did you realize that, that you wanted to transition? I mean, and then, you know, you said your, your parent or your dad's a pastor. How did, how did that impact that relationship? Let's get this. Let's talk about that a little bit, because I know a lot of people who maybe in the back of their mind want to transition or they're transitioning and they're going to have these relationships. So maybe you can maybe give some insight or or some perspective on on, you know, what they can expect or maybe you can help them out.
3: I mean, I'm super lucky. Like my family is super supportive. Um, I remember when. I was like trying to put my pronouns on my mirror when I first started and my mom came in and she was like, sweetie, I brought you a button. And this one says they, them. And if you're ever feeling masculine someday, like here's a, he, him one just in case. And I was like, mom, you're just the greatest. And like my dad's super supportive. He's a Presbyterian. And so he's like one of the more progressive Christians. Um, So yeah, like I'm, I'm super lucky to have really supportive parents, really supportive brother. I yeah, it's just, the, I'm, I feel super lucky, yeah, to have them. And I know a lot of people in the queer community don't have that, which is why I think it's really hard for people who are trying to learn about queer issues, trans issues, trying to educate themselves, and they're trying to talk to people in the queer community that do have trauma around whatever you know around their family around not being accepted around being discriminated against and I don't have a lot of that I have some of it but like not to the extent that some other people do right and so I feel like it's a good conversation for us to have like you and I because I don't have that trauma and I'm not going to get triggered as easily and we just need to have an open conversation of like what do we want to educate people about you know and for people in the queer community, it's really hard to have those conversations because I feel like both parties mean the best, but emotions get in the way, egos get in the way, traumas get in the way, and it's just hard to have that open conversation with people.
0: Trauma is getting away.
3: Like,
0: that, that's so well said. You know, it is, it is trauma You know, before ego and yeah. stuff. The, 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 that ego sits on something. It's usually like a bed of trauma, right? Well, yeah. let's, just kind of, let's get into like the pronoun, um, the, the pronoun conversation. I don't even know how to get into the conversation really, but, but again, just it. it it's hard enough to kind of remember somebody's name, much less their preferred pronoun, right? Like, like, you know, as you're starting to categorize them in your head and, and, you know, maybe it's just another layer of somebody that you, that you kind of have to learn. But, um, but, but certainly, certainly that's difficult, um, that's difficult for me. I mean, I'll be honest with you. That's difficult for me to kind of just remember not out of disrespect or on any level, but just to remember. And then, and then if you use a pronoun that doesn't exist, that's even a little like a, a little, a little uh, like further out for me. You know, it's one thing. The if memory want... is his age, but yeah. go ahead. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: My dad died of Alzheimer's. I'm going with that. <laughs> you
3: know, I'm on that. I mean, I feel like it's hard to begin, you know, like it's hard to start the process of like, okay their pronouns are they, them. And we even do it without even noticing it in everyday life. Cause we're, we're talking about a person that's not here, right? Like we're doing a hypothetical situation and we say, well, what pronouns are we going to use for them? And so it confuses people when they see us like a traditionally feminine looking person, looking person, like in quotes, you know? So like your brain plays tricks on you of like, oh, I go by they, them, but the person receiving that message is like, but I see you as female or I see you as male. And so it's hard to like, tr- I think it's people overcomplicate it in their brains. And it also just takes practice. I still mess up pronouns for sure. But I feel like the, the thing that frustrates, at least for me, when my pronouns got, when I got misgendered. Um, it wasn't the fact that they got it wrong. It's the fact that they didn't correct themselves. And that's the thing that's frustrating when somebody is like, oh, well, I, I don't want to say I'm wrong because then I'll feel bad. So I'll just like, I'll get it right next time. And then if you right. keep saying, I'll get it right next time, I'll get it right next time, you're never going to remember. Right. So if you just say, she, oh shit, sorry, they, and then just keeping moving, like moving on with the conversation. But I did have a few people. They're like, she, I mean, they, and then they're like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry I did that. I'm really trying. I'm really trying to get it right. I'm so. And then with that, if you over-apologize, then the person being misgendered now has to make you feel better for misgendering them. So it's like, that kind of sucks. Yeah. So it's but- just like.
0: Before we move forward, what are your preferred pronouns that I can mess up?
3: (laughs) So I go by he, him. Okay.
0: All right, good. I've I've done well
2: then. (laughs) (laughs) We have um, uh, a um, female transitioning into a male uh, at giant at the giant that I shop at. Right. So the first time a grocery store, yeah, it's it's a grocery store. Sorry. So uh, as I'm in line um, in, in, I made that mistake. I, I called him a she. Yeah. And he politely corrected me and said, he, sir. And, uh, yeah. and I called him, you know, he, him ever since that, but he was so nice. And so, you know what I mean? There was no attitude. He just, it, he so politely corrected me and it yeah. always stuck in my, in my head. And, uh, so I give him that respect every time, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, uh, it cuz he knew that it was no disrespect and you know what I mean and uh it, it was nice to to be um corrected in a very positive way yeah
3: yeah yeah and i feel like you know triggers and trauma play a role and it does get it definitely bubbles up for me like i'll be cool with everybody and then one thing like it's the straw that broke the camel's back and i'm like god fucking damn it <laughs> come on you guys but at the same time it's like it's not that one person's fault. It's all of the stuff that bubbles up, and I think that that's the thing that triggers that, that people on both sides.
2: Exactly. So now we're in this bubble. So say so, so say you reacted that way, and then, you know, like for me, I'm having a bad day, and you come at me like that. And then all of a sudden now, you know, I'm like, well, F you. You know what I mean? Now, now yeah. you got this tension, and yeah. neither side, neither party really – was trying to go there. It, it was just a mistake, but I understand kind of both sides that the frustration. But yeah. like I said, the person at giant when uh, at the giant grocery store, he was so spot on when he corrected yeah. me, and uh, and I know it, it is funny because I hear him say that to almost. Every customer that's in front of me from every time I'm in his line. You know what I mean? But he still maintains that positive attitude. And yeah. and, and I can see where you're coming from where it could be so frustrating. Like, yeah. come yeah. On. every damn day I gotta
0: <laughs> say
3: this, you know, a hundred
2: <laughs> times, correct everybody a hundred times.
3: Yeah. And well, I feel like, you know, it's it's easier when you have a good support system, right? So like all of my friends and family know that if somebody gets my pronouns wrong, they can be like, Oh no, he goes like, he goes, but he, him actually. And so it's like, I'm not doing all the legwork because I'm fucking tired. Like I don't want to have to correct everybody on my pronouns. And it's, it just gets really old, you know?
0: Yeah. I'm sure. But
3: as long as everybody does the legwork and the more people know about it, the easier it is for everybody involved, you know?
0: You know the one that I struggle with the most is 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 they them and I think it's more and not because it's a not because it's a pronoun necessarily but because it's a plural right when we're talking about an individual and now it's like a plural kind of pronoun and I could be wrong I mean if we go back to like Shakespeare maybe they them is like a is like independent but but certainly like the way the way we've all grown up like that was a kind of a plural you know explanation so um so I, I no doubt I, I definitely struggle with they and them.
3: Yeah. It is a plural. But if you think about it, like if somebody leaves their phone and it's not a pink or a blue phone, you're like, oh, shit, somebody forgot their phone. I hope they find it. And it's like it automatically happens. But then I think when somebody presents you with something that you're used to calling a singular, then they're like, oh, I go by they, them. Then your mind like does backflips and you're like, oh, wait, what? (laughs) And it's kind of like. I feel like it overcomplicates it in your brain because you're used to thinking about that one person as a certain thing. And then they're like, all right, cool. They, them. And you're like, wait, but wait, what? And you're like, first grade English. I nope, Doesn't make sense. You know? And it's like, and I feel like the older people get, the harder it is to change because they've lived this way for so long. And I'm not calling you old. He
0: just called us old. He just called us old. <laughs> I think he called you old. No. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: are older
0: than me.
2: <laughs> With the emphasis on old.
3: <laughs> so so you know, like the, the longer you do something, the harder it is to change.
2: So so are there people that go by they, them?
3: 100%. I went by they, them for years.
2: So now, you, now you're he, him. Uh-huh. So... Is there, so the people that you corrected to, to call you, they, them, mm. you had to go back and recorrect them to he, him.
3: Um, yeah, yeah. It was a lot easier to go to he, him because it's easier to do he, him. Cause that's the binary, right? Like that's right. what we learned. Um, but also like I, it's weird cause I started taking testosterone during the pandemic while we were all wearing masks and so I didn't have that like transitional period of people looking at me being like I don't know what gender you are because you have some chin hairs but you're also still built like a female so like I didn't have that transitional period because of the pandemic which I feel kind of stoked about right because like I wear a mask one day I'm you know people looking in I'm uh a low voiced female. And then the next day, my voice is low enough that they're like, Oh, you're sir. Now. And it's, it was like this one day where it was like, and my voice dropped enough. And now I'm just called a guy all the time, which is really easy for me. That's a really easy transition during the pandemic. Um, but a lot of people don't do that, you know, and some people don't take hormones and some people take only hormones and don't change their name. Like there's so many different kinds of transitions, that people do and so it's hard when you think that trans trans people are like female to male or male to male to female and that's just not the case you're like okay so you're taking hormones and you have to wear a dress if you're male to female and if you're female to male you have to take hormones and you have to grow a beard and it's like there's everything in between that you know
2: well, my my pronouns gonna be us, we. We're all human
0: beings, you know yeah. what I mean?
3: We're all yeah. brothers and
0: sisters, so Yeah,
3: yeah. It, you know
0: what I mean? Yeah. Hey, hey Jules, how was it? Uh, how was it when when you when you try to take in the testosterone? What were the first kind of things like physically that you that you noticed?
3: <laughs> you want me to be real with you? Yeah. yeah. Butt hair. <laughs>
2: hey, I get it. You learned uh, our, our secret. You found out our secret.
3: <laughs> but like, it was that like the body hair for sure. My legs are super hairy now. Um, voice dropped at like month 3. I had a pretty high voice when I met you guys. Like, I had a pretty higher much higher voice and I could sing beautifully in falsetto and sing really high notes and I do not sing that way anymore. Uh, <laughs> just, just like, yeah, my my voice dropped. Um, I think at like month seven, um, my like shoulders started to get really big. And so I'm kind of like built more, more masculine now and starting to grow a little beard, which is fun. Yeah.
2: From two, from two years ago, from 2019, when we first met until today, I mean, yeah. you're definitely there, there's a big difference in your appearance. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, you know, before uh, you did look feminine mm-hmm. now today you look totally masculine.
3: Yeah. You know? It's crazy. Do like my my face shape. Like I take side to side pictures of like what I used to look like and then what I look like now, and it's like day and night. It's freaking nuts. Like the bone structure, I used to have like really crazy cheekbones, and then the bottom of my face was like a little skinnier. And now, like my jaw is bigger, my neck is bigger. It's crazy. It's like are,
2: is- are you looking the way you you felt? Yeah. Uh, throughout all this time, it's yep. pretty awesome. So we work with someone who's trans, uh, who transitioned from or transitioning from male to female, uh-huh. and um, and she gave me advice because I had a uh, client uh, who um, he transition started transitioning at fourteen years old, and he and he was blessed like you um, that he had very supportive parents, but the 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 girl who worked with us told us because when she. Uh, transitioned uh, she became sterile so the advice that she gave to my client said you know in the future if you ever wanted to have uh, a baby or have or donate your eggs or whatever you should get them frozen before you transition because you will go sterile and that's exactly what they did so at uh he he he's about 21, 22 now, but back then um, he had his eggs uh, frozen and now he's 22 and they're always in this bank in case he he, he ever wanted to to donate them or have a child in in the future, which I thought was great advice for someone who's looking out for a 14 year old that that family had no clue of of the transitioning process.
3: Yeah. When it's becoming like, Um, you know, kids are finding out that they're trans or non-binary or whatever, like gender fluid younger. Like I didn't transition. I didn't even realize that I was trans until I was like 27, you know, like that's almost 30. That's crazy. That's so long. And I didn't even know what a trans person was when I was a kid, you know, like Ellen DeGeneres just came out on TV when I was like 10. So like, it was very new and it wasn't a widely known thing. And now I feel like it's easier to talk to kids about it because they're like, oh, cool, you go by them. Cool, me too. And it's like, it's just a thing now, you know, and I feel like the older generations and the millennials like it's, it took us longer to get there because it wasn't a thing yet, you know.
0: Well, I mean, uh, certainly it's a, it's it, like you said, it was never even a conversation, you know, but right. you know, e- even, you know, whatever, 10, 12 years ago, I mean, we're, we're still having the gay conversation in this country, you right. know, we're still, so, we're still having like, can two people that love each other marry each other? Right. Like that was the conversation a few years ago. And, like that conversation has certainly, you know, not, not necessarily that's the same conversation, but it's on the same track, you know, um, we wouldn't be here without that like we wouldn't be even be having a conversation about 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 transgender if we hadn't kind of like tackled you know um gay marriage right which which was the big hiccup in this country for a long time yeah so sure. um it's that's pretty crazy man it's just it I mean, I'm not reminiscing about how far kind of we we've come, you know, I mean, still certainly still, we, we need to move forward a little bit more, but, but just, uh, just how far we've come is pretty, is pretty crazy. And, and like you said, like, you know, now the, now the conversation is readily available. I mean, imagine if you, maybe you would have, maybe you, you would have realized earlier if there was somebody, you know, setting the path, you know? So, so as you were transitioning and
2: before you became, um, a hairdresser, Um, were you trying to get masculine cuts and getting frustrated with it? I mean, how was that process?
3: Yeah. Like I would go to barbershops and I would be like, all right, this masculine fade and I would show them a picture and they would be like, are you sure you wanted that short? That's really short. And I'm like, yeah. And like, we would just be having conversations in the barbershop and I could tell that my conversation with the barber was different than the dude next to me you know, and like, it just, I never fit in, in the barbershops. I always felt like an outsider all the time. Um, and then I switched to going to salons cause you know, you have two options. You go to a barbershop or you go to a salon. And so I went to salons and I would be like, all right, I don't want this masculine fade. And I would always get like a feminine version of that. I remember I was dating somebody when I was 21 and she worked at the Aveda Institute and she hooked me up with a haircut And I got this like, oh, dude, it was so bad. It was like this fade from the top of the ears all the way to like above the parietal ridge. So like my head looked like this weird cone shape and it was like this weird curly like faux hawk thing on top. And then at the bottom where my sideburns, like I wanted my sideburns gone and they left these like really long sideburns just like coming over my face. And I was like, you guys, this. I look so bad right now, like (laughs) terrible. And it wasn't a bad cut. It was just like, it didn't feel like me at all. It was so feminine and so like, yeah, just so feminine. And it just didn't feel like me at all. And so I started cutting my own hair in my twenties and I just did that for like eight years. Wow. I just couldn't do it.
0: Is that, is that when you started cutting your own hair, was that like, I think I can do this on other people?
3: No. Absolutely. (laughs) No, I was cutting my own hair. Like I had one of those three way mirrors and I would cut my own hair, um, at my house for many years. And, um, it didn't even dawn on me that I would do hair, you know, like I, I was so immersed in my own depression because of how bad I felt all the time. I just didn't feel like I was, worthy of anything. So I just drank all the time and I cut my own hair and everything triggered me and everything made me feel like shit about myself. Um, and I didn't even know it, you know, like I dated, um, this woman for two years and I thought that I was going to marry her. And we ended up breaking up, you know, for good reason. And we had a lot of problems, but I couldn't even see the problems we were having because I wanted Like that was my worth. That was my identity was in that relationship. And before transitioning, that's all I had. I was like, my worth is in my relationships. And that's all I did. I drank and I got in relationships and that was, that was my twenties. And it was terrible. Never go back to my twenties.
0: I kind of, I want to back up again. Like once you, I guess once you had top surgery, like, like, was it like true freedom? Like, like, like in an instant, was it like the depression was gone and like, you could start to see your life a little bit differently?
3: Yeah, it was, it was so crazy. Like I hung out with a friend that I had had for years and we hung out like two weeks after I had top surgery. And as we were hanging out, I was like, Oh my God, you are talking about yourself this whole time. I just had surgery. You're not asking how I'm doing like nothing. And I was like, Oh shit, this is how our friendship has been this whole time. And I never realized that I never. Re- and so I just stopped hanging out with her. And I was like, yeah, I'm, you're not worth my time anymore. Like you're not asking how I'm doing or anything. And I had a lot of those relationships. And after top surgery, cause I was like, Oh shit, this isn't a real friendship. This isn't good for me. So,
2: so, but you had the same year you said you went to cosmetology school.
3: Yeah. So I, um, had top surgery in April and then I went to beauty school in September or no October. Yeah.
2: Is it what, what triggered you to go, triggered you to go to beauty school?
3: Um, I was dating one of my exes actually. Um, we started dating like a month, um, three weeks, like three weeks after top surgery. Um, and she's one of my best friends now. She's awesome. And, um, I would come hang out with her after work, after new seasons. And she would be like, dude, you are complaining so much about this job. Like you are not happy there at all. And then I kind of started to think about it and talk to her a little bit more. And I was like, Oh shit. I'm, I really don't like being there anymore. And I, it's not fulfilling to me anymore. You know, I've been there for at the time, like 10 and a half years, you know, I worked there since I was 19 and it just wasn't fulfilling to me anymore. Um, and then I started to think about it and I started to talk to my friends in the queer community and I was like, you know, getting your hair done is really hard. And they were like, yeah, dude, it's like really triggering and it's really hard to find somebody to do your hair. And I, you know, I'm really nervous to get my hair done and I never felt seen and I'm always frustrated. Um, and nobody, you know, nobody was sticking to one person cause where do you go to get a queer haircut? Like even in Portland, which is a very queer city, there's not a lot, there's not a lot of options. Um, and so I kind of thought about it and I was like, oh shit, maybe I should do hair. And then I just kind of decided one day. And it's it's crazy because like, even with top surgery, with going to beauty school, with a lot of decisions in my life, with, with going on T, I feel like I've subconsciously thought a lot about this stuff. But I hadn't like sat down and thought like, I should go on testosterone. I should have top surgery. It was just kind of one day the light switch flipped and I was like, oh, that's what I need to do. And then I just did it. Mm. And it's worked out very well. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy. Sometimes you just know.
2: So, I I mean, going through school, was it? Did you like, were you falling more and more in love with the industry as you were going through it? You're like,
3: yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I originally wanted to go to be a barber. Um, and then I ended up doing color as well, which I'm really happy I did. Um, and yeah, I mean, going through beauty school, just like learning about hair and I loved it like it's, it's all I think about now. Like even on my days off, I'm like watching hair videos and I'm working on my mannequins. And like, I just think it's the greatest industry ever. But at the same time, it's like, I feel like I have found a niche that not a lot of people have. And I hear a lot of people having conversations of like, there's clients for everybody, which is true. You know, like there's so many clients out there to get. And I think about like, different people's business models and the things that people do, like there's a shit ton of balayage specialists, you know, and they all have enough clientele. And so I feel like I found something that I'm like, queer people come over here. Like I I got you, you know, and there's not a lot of us. So I feel really lucky to like be one of those people that can help them, you know? And like, even my business name says it, you know, like it's hair for humans and that's, that's it. We're all just humans and we all need our hair done and we want to feel heard and we want to feel comfortable. And like, we are in the hospitality industry. That's our job is to make people feel comfortable. And there's this entire community of people that don't feel comfortable. They feel nervous and upset and scared to come get their hair done. Cause it is like a huge thing to like be able to express yourself through hair.
2: So what is your advice to hairdressers uh, for that situation?
3: I think it's all in the consultation, you know, just like at first, like asking their pronouns, you know, and I feel like I get. I feel like most of my clients come and sit down and they're like, all right, I'm really nervous to get my hair done. And I'm like, of course you are. Of course you are. Because what have your other experiences been, you know? So I feel like hairstylist just like being specific in what you want with your hair, you know? And it's kind of like looking at color, right? Like all three of us are hairstylists. And so we can look at a buttercream balayage and we're like, oh, that's a warm color. But somebody else can look at it and they're like, oh, that's really ashy. It's not like yellow at all. And it's like, I have
0: have clients like
3: that. Totally. and (laughs) Everybody sees everything differently, you know? And so I feel like the traditional like men's haircut and the women's haircut, it's like somebody is going to see that as like not a men's haircut, not a women's haircut, or they're going to see something. And it's, I don't know, like looking at something of like a long layered haircut I had a dude one time come in and he's like, I think that's a really masculine cut. I love it. And it was like a traditional woman's long layered haircut. And I was like, great. You see it as masculine. I think that's awesome. Mm -hmm. And everybody sees everything differently. And so I feel like being specific with people rather than saying, do you like this haircut of the picture they're bringing in? I always say like, what do you like about that haircut? Because a lot of the time they're like, oh, I like the length. And I'm like, well, do you like the texture? And do you like how it's really squared off? And they're like, not really. I'm like, okay. So it's like, everybody sees everything differently. And I kind of build a haircut with my clients. Do you like this texture on top? Do you like how long it is in the back? Do you want this mullet shorter on the sides, but longer in the back? You know. And it's like, I've, I've built haircuts with people that feel like themselves. And it's different for every single person. So rather than saying, you know, I want a woman's long layered haircut, that yeah, means separate. something completely different to everybody.
2: Yeah, but that's what separates a a hairdresser that is average to a hairdresser. It takes them above average is that consultation. Because yeah. if you just go in there and have a client sit down and you really don't have the proper communication, proper consultation, how can you be give that particular person the what they're looking for at that high level. It's almost impossible.
3: Yeah. Yeah, And I also check in with them too, you know, like halfway through the haircut, I don't want them to feel nervous getting their hair done by me. And I also don't push them to get certain haircuts. You know, I have, uh, I have these two ladies that come to me and they're like allies of the queer community, but they're not like in the queer community. And they come to me because I use clippers on their head. They went to their original stylist and they were like, "Will you clipper my head?" And they were like, "No, I won't. <laughs> I won't do that." And I was like, "Really?" But it's it's your hair. Why why not? You well, know. Well,
0: you know, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Jules. Hold on, <laughs> on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, skill set that, that could well it could be a skill set, and and I'll tell you like like. Uh, the, the 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 program or the the school that Tony and I came up through you know, was a non clipper school. You know, you'll never see a Vidal Sassoon artist that 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 that, that uses clippers either. You know, not not. That, and I don't have an opinion about clippers necessarily, but. It could just be, you know, what you've been, you know, taught to do as well. Not necessarily. I mean, we were, trust me, when we were in hair school, it was all about like scissor over comb, scissor over comb, scissor over comb, you know? So so. I have
2: a coworker and that's all she does is scissor uh, scissor over comb. And uh, she's been out for several months with an injury and a couple of her clients uh, came to me for me to cut uh, their hair and I use clippers and uh, they're like, Wow. You know, they, they loved it. You know what I mean? They loved exactly. how short and how just how tapered the look is. And, uh, and so, you know, it, I, I, get your point too, but you know, yeah. but not everybody uh, is
3: skilled at
0: yeah.
3: And when I feel like um, a lot of people kind of put their own ideas into their hair, right. It's, it's a very creative job and you want to have pride in your work And I remember taking a class from Maddie Conrad and he said like the most perfect thing where he was like, why are you trying to make this photo the perfect photo ever for other, you know, celebrity stylists or this company to take notice of you? Like your greatest critic, your hardest critic is the person in your chair. You should be trying to impress that person. And I don't care what kind of hair you want on your head. I'm going to give you the best haircut I can that makes you feel good. And as long as you feel good, I've done my job. I don't want to give something that I think is aesthetically pleasing to me because you might not like that. And I feel like because our job is so personal to us and we've put a lot of pride in our work, I feel like sometimes that pride or our lack of education like gets in the way of that, you know, of just like you put so much pride in your work and you have these things that you think feel good. And sometimes that doesn't feel good to your client. So I really cater to like each individual person of like, all right, I'm about to do this. And I also like explain it back to them. They're like, I like this. I like this. I want this. And then I explain it back and I'm like, okay, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do a three up the sides and then I'm going to taper this off and leave a bit, a little length and just like make sure that I'm understanding exactly what they're saying.
0: That's cool. Yeah, I mean, it's proper communication, proper consultation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, kind of like as you're telling it, as you as you're saying it, Jules. It's like that should be the consultation, sure. regardless of you know who you are, because because you're 100 percent right. You know, it has to be about the client and not and not about uh, the the photograph or 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 yeah. that kind of imagery. By the way, we love we love Maddie. That's another yeah. one. We can't oh yeah, to Maddie's best. dope, man. <laughs> Maddie's um, the best, man.
3: But like, I feel like, um, oh fuck, what was I going to say? It was really good, though. I don't yeah, know. All right,
0: we'll, we'll get back to <laughs> it. Hey, um, so is is the majority? Uh, you, is the majority of your your uh, your clientele? Uh, que- I hate saying the word queer too because I kind of feel like I'm I'm stepping over a bound there. But but um, but nah. is it um, is the majority of your clientele queer?
3: Yeah, I'd say like probably 75% are in the queer community.
0: And then out of those, how many of them are trans?
3: Most of them. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Most of them for sure. Oh, I remember I was going to say like a lot of my clients, when I have consultations with them, they, I've heard this many times, like I've never been asked those questions before. They're like, I don't know how to answer that because I've never been asked this before. And I really make them think about their hair and make them think about it in a different way. Rather than, do you want a masculine cut or a feminine cut? It's like, what's masculine to you? Why do you like this?
0: Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it it goes back to what you were saying earlier that we all see things a little different. So Mm -hmm. find out what's masculine or feminine to them personally uh, makes all the difference in the haircut.
3: Yeah, for sure. And like, I think that's the thing. It's like you have good communication, but take it a step farther, you know, like have great communication, just really like break it down as far as you can, because that'll make your client feel a lot more comfortable and seen because they don't want to be seen as what you see them as or the box that society has put them in.
2: All right. So, so, so for some of those, so obviously we've we've been talking to the hairdresser, right? So for, for for some clients that are listening to the podcast and as you were a customer going in to getting your hair done, what would your advice be to, to those that are feeling uncomfortable when they're going into uh, getting uh, their hair done, whether, whether it's masculine Mm -hmm. or feminine, But what would your uh, advice be to them when they go in?
3: I think do your research. You know, like we're all on Instagram. Look at their profile. Look at their Instagram. Look at the haircuts they do. If they like the style, that yeah. But say say say
2: they like like it. it. Say say they see somebody they like. They like this guy who's putting out this great work that they like. But they're going in, and if the is there something that they should say or bring to the attention of the hairdresser? Because like you said, the hairdresser, even though that you wanted masculine, he looked at you feminine and he right. kind of gave you a little bit of a feminine. Is there, what kind of communication should the client have to the hairdresser to, to, to erase that, you know what I mean? Misconception.
3: I think just like picking apart the haircut, you know, like looking at different haircuts and saying, okay, I want a pixie cut and then look at, all of the thousands of ways that you can do a pixie cut and be like, well, I like this one on Natalie Portman. And I like this one on Drew Barrymore. And I like this one on whoever, and just really picking a part of like, why you like, instead of just having one picture, I like this, give me this dude. I did that to myself last year, saw a picture of Zach Efron. I had longer hair. I gave myself that haircut. I even did it to myself. And I was like, I hate this haircut. <laughs> you know, is that for it's you? Like, yeah like, like you see one picture and you're like I love that and then you do it and you're like damn it like, I don't I don't like it you know? <laughs> and I think just like everybody's on their own hair journey you know and like sometimes you see a picture and you're like I really like that and then you get it and you're like nope I don't I don't like that and it's kind of like trial and error you know like play around your with your hair and Find somebody that you feel comfortable with, like going on that journey with that is going to go on that journey with you, you know, of like, why do you like that hair? Do you want to try it? I also give people one week to kind of live in their hair. And if they don't like something about it, I, I bring them back in and I'm like, okay, you want more layers up top or, you know, you want the back a little bit shorter. I constantly have clients like, I want to try this new hair. And I always tell them, if you don't like something, please come back. I want you to be happy with your hair. And I know that this is a really nerve wracking thing to do. Come back. I want to fix it for you. I want to be there for you. I want you to love your hair. And I don't want you, I don't want to overcharge you every time you get a haircut. You know, like I want you to be stoked about it.
0: That's great. That's awesome. Yeah. How long, how long are your, uh, are your appointments if you're taking, if you're taking so much time during the consultation or even like readdressing in the middle of, of, of the process, how, um, how, uh, how long are your appointments?
3: I mean, it's gotten faster, right? Like when I first started out, my consultations were like 45 minutes, you know, I didn't have the language and I didn't have the finesse that I do now. And now I can do a consultation is like five, 10 minutes. It's pretty fast.
0: So how long is the total, uh, total appointment? What do you, um, for?
3: yeah, for like short hair, it's like 45 to an hour and then, um, long hair is like hour, hour and a half, depending on how much hair they have.
0: That's a, that's what kind of style, what kind of, yeah. All, all that, all that, all yeah. that jazz. How yeah. is, um, you said that, uh, I mean, we certainly saw you at shows and stuff, but how is, how is the, uh, how is the community as a whole been responsive to you?
3: I mean, it's been great. You know, like I have. I have my clientele and they stick up for me and there's a, a queer exchange, um, group on Facebook and constantly people are like, where do I get my hair done? I'm new to Portland. Where do I get my hair done? And like tons of my clients are like, go, sh- go see jewels at hair for humans. Like they're awesome. So mm-hmm. it's, it's awesome. Like I got my community to back me and you know, I'm trying to grow my Instagram following right now. And I'm just trying to get out there, you know?
0: What um? What about the community as whole? Like, as a whole, when you go to hair shows and stuff, have um? Has the community been pretty? Uh, the the actual hair industry people have have they been pretty uh, open and, and and receptive?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's it's awesome, right? Because like we all share this love for hair, and so it's awesome to talk about hair. And at the same time, like nobody's ever heard of like a queer stylist. They're always like, oh, I do you know, some queer hair or whatever, but like my business is like solely catered towards giving people, you know, like hair for humans. And it's, I definitely cater to the queer community because that's my community and I want to support them. Um, you know, not saying I wouldn't take non-queer people, but you know what I mean? Um,
0: you're not getting a haircut, Tony. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> You're allies. I'll, I'll do it. When I, when I came up with my business name, I was really surprised because I wanted to come up with a business name that, that felt good, you know, and yeah. I was going to do like shears for queers. And then I was like, no, I, I, I really want to encompass like everybody. And I feel like, you know, hair for humans really is inclusive to everybody and, and I think that going to hair shows and talking to people about that, like they're really pleasantly surprised where they're like, oh, yeah, that's really cool. Um, and I think the thing that sparked um, this conversation with you guys was the BTC show um, in Orlando, right?
0: No, BTC. No, there was the premiere show in Orlando. BTC was in D.C.
3: OK, yeah. The BTC show. Um, the time
0: We sat down on the floor together.
3: Yeah. Oh, so yeah, yeah, that, that
0: was premiere Orlando.
3: Oh yeah. yeah. Um, but like going to, um, the award shows and just seeing all of the different categories and it was like the best woman's cut and the best woman barber and the best men's cut. And it was just very gendered. And so I think that that, that kind of sparked my like conversation with you guys to like get it out there. You know, it doesn't have to be so gendered. It's just, it's just hair. It's not gendered. It's just, just us. Just me. Yeah.
0: you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Tony, Tony just last year, he um he dropped gender on his uh, on all his haircuts. Awesome.
3: So, that's yeah. so great. When I think it's crazy that people are like charging by the gender, you know? It's like you can have two clippered fades sitting right next to you, one's a dude and one's a woman, and the dude gets charged $35 and the woman gets charged 70. It's like that's not fair. It's it's the same haircut, you know?
0: Right. Shouldn't what that be you've done, done shouldn't right. Dry. It's just clipper cut or then cut with blow dryer, cut without blow dryer, right? Yep. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. I, I love how he's. I love how he's. And he actually makes more money for the. Whoops. In case any of Tony's clients are listening, <laughs> <laughs> but he actually makes more money from like you know the shorter haircuts.
3: Yeah. Oh, same here. Yeah, I mostly do short haircuts for sure.
0: Or I should say short timed haircuts, not shorter haircuts. Well, they are shorter cuts, right? Because yeah. they're, they're most of them are clipper cuts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so, so you mentioned you mentioned the name of your company. If people want to find you or or or, or, or want to get in touch with you or, or maybe yeah, you know, maybe just need an ally, in, yeah. in this, how do they get in touch with you? Uh,
3: my Instagram name on Facebook and Instagram is hair for humans, all one word. That's also my website, hereforhumans And like and I said, for, you like,
0: four is the word for correct, not the number four.
3: Yeah, F O R. Yeah, and like I. I want to be there for people, you know, and some people might not know where to go to talk to people about their questions. And I'm always here. If anybody has questions, you know, like it's an open conversation. I'm really open about my surgeries, my transition, like everything. And, you know, a lot of, um, queer people aren't, aren't open about it. They don't want to talk about it. It's a triggering conversation. There's a lot of feelings that go into it and I totally get it. Um, but yeah, like if they need, if they need somebody to talk to, I'm here for you.
2: Awesome. And hopefully uh, you can make it down to LA in uh, November and hang out with us.
3: Yeah. Yeah. We'll yeah. Yeah. I'll put it on my calendar for sure. Yeah,
0: awesome. yeah, definitely. That'd be, that'd be super dope. Awesome. Jules, thanks for hanging out with us. Thank you for, I mean, honestly, enlightening us and enlightening us with the conversation and, yep. and, and, you know, you might be getting DMs from me going like, okay, I'm in this situation, Jules, <laughs> help a brother out.
3: <laughs> yeah man anytime
0: anytime always around that's awesome awesome. thanks for hanging out with us thanks for uh, sharing your insight and once again educating us and educating our entire community and thank you very very much for joining us on your day off
1: thank you